Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for a blessed morning. Thank you, Lord, because this is the day that you have made. Lord, you will cause us to rejoice once again in today. Lord, we thank you because we know that today we bring blessings. We bring gladness. And so, Father, we say thank you. We say be glorified this morning. Thank you, Lord, because you are good and your mercies endures forevermore. Lord, you are the great God. You are the mighty God. You are the awesome God. You are the all-powerful God. Lord, there is none like you. No one can compare to you in greatness. No one can compare to you in holiness. None is as faithful as you are. Scripture says that you watch over your word so that you will bring them to pass. When you open a door, no one can shut them. When you shut a door, Lord, no one can open them. You are the all-powerful God. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. As we read the word this morning, Father, we ask once again, Lord, grant us wisdom, grant us understanding, help us learn in your presence, and cause your name to be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. Let's continue reading the book of 2 Corinthians. Today we'll be taking on three chapters. Uh, in chapters 3, 2 Corinthians chapters 3, 4, and 5, Paul talks about the glory, the glory of the new of the New Testament, of the new covenant that we have now in Christ. Okay? And just slightly contrast it with, with the Old Testament. Okay, so when you understand what Paul is talking about, you will imagine or you will understand why it is futile to want to obtain righteousness through the law. And I'm telling you, a lot of people, even today, many churches, even today, many pastors, even today, preach Old Testament. Okay? Preach Old Testament, trying to obtain righteousness by the works of the law, by the works of the flesh. It will never happen. It can never be accomplished. Okay? So, let's see the lessons that we can learn today. Second Corinthians chapter 3, 4, and 5. Chapter 3 says, Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letters of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the results of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, 
but with the spirit the spirit of the living god it is carved not on tablets of stone but on human hearts okay so uh, this thing that paul addressed in his first letter is still on right where he is being compared to some other apostles and some other men of god and now it has even gone beyond just apollos apollos and 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 peter because of course it cannot be talking about peter or apollos and be referring to them as those who need people to write letters on their behalf okay um apollos would have come recommended by by paul uh, peter was an apostle in fact at that time bigger than paul okay so he couldn't have been referring to any of those two so you had other people involved so paul is saying there here that look you guys are our 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 proof the proof that god called us to ministry you guys your lives itself are the proof the, the results that we have delivered okay so very importantly um it should show in the life of the believer that they are now born again it's as simple as that so that's what paul is trying to tell us here if um he says that this letter is written not with pen with pen and ink but with the spirit of the living god it is carved not on tablets of stone but on on human hearts the truth is that as the holy spirit begins to work with us it looks as if that there is a law that we are obeying the law is not just okay it's not the written law it is a law that is re- already written in our hearts it's actually the law of of the spirit the law of life of the spirit of life in christ jesus that makes us free from the law of sin and death okay so very 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 important verse 4 says that we are confident of all this because of our great trust in god through christ it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own our qualification comes from god from god did you hear that our qualification comes from god i am not planning on that day to stand in the presence of god and claim my any qualification and claim that i was able to do anything or achieve anything my qualification is christ jesus the one who qualifies me as holy is jesus christ the one who qualifies me as righteous is jesus christ okay paul says jesus god himself is the one who qualifies us and of course it is true christ jesus verse 6 says that he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant this is a covenant not of written law but of the spirit the old written covenant ends in death but under the new covenant the spirit gives life okay contrasting what the old testament the old covenant testament is the same thing as covenant okay so what the old covenant accomplishes it brings it it's the end is death you cannot fulfill the law the end is death is condemnation and what the new covenant gives okay for those who hold on believing in jesus it says look the spirit gives life seven talking about the glory of the new covenant it says the old way with with laws etched in stone led to death 
though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Remember how Moses received the Ten Commandments, right? How he would go up on the mountain. In fact, he had to do it twice because once he, you know, it he, he had to break it because of the abomin abomination and the abominable acts that they had committed committed in building that golden calf. Okay, so Moses would spend time in the presence of God, and when Moses comes into you know to be with the people, the Bible tells us that his face will be shining. His face will be shining. And so they, I'm telling you, these people, they made Moses a god himself. But beyond that, okay, so they were afraid to look at Moses' face. They asked Moses that, look, your face is shining. Please cover your face. And while it looked like a simple act of, of fear, then uh, it is something that will have spiritual repercussions. Hmm. It says that that glory was already fading away. As soon as Moses, the reason why Moses is shining like that, it's not, it is not Moses' glory that you are seeing. It is the glory of God. So the minute Moses leaves the presence of God, the glory is already fading away. He's already living. Okay? So if Moses needs that glory, it needs to come back into the presence of God. He says, even though the brightness was already fading away, so shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving, is giving life? If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious, yes, how much more glorious is the new way which brings us right, which makes us right with God. In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So you would think that the old glory with God coming down on that mountain. The Bible says God, the presence, the glory of God, the presence of God came down upon Mount Sinai. The mountain was shaken. There was thunder. There was lightning. There was trumpets. Okay, the people had God themselves. God spoke in the thunder. Ah, the people, of course, were afraid. They said, Moses, don't allow God to speak to us. You go and speak to God and then come and tell us whatever God tells you. Okay, the Bible says that, look, that glory eh, cannot be compared to the glory that we will experience in Christ Jesus. It says, in fact, that first glory okay, was not glorious at all. When you will compare them, compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. Hallelujah. It says, so if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? So Paul tells us here that the old way has been replaced. Even though Israel until now is still trying to do the old way. And I'm telling you, there are many Christians today who try to live the old way. You want to be justified by the law. They could not achieve it in the old. Those who receive it directly could not achieve it. There is no need. It is the law of life. In Christ Jesus that will save you. It is the law of grace that will save you. Okay? So, very, very important that we understand this and we leave this word by Christ Jesus. He says that glory was not 
glorious at all. How much more glory, glorious is the new which remains forever. 12 says, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. We are bold when we come into the presence of God. We are bold when we take on situations because we know Jesus promised that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. We are bold. We are not like Moses. We don't need to cover this glory. It says 14, but the people's mind were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their mind so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. So, it looks like, you know, um, a very um, simple, you know, done with, um, with some sincerity when they were asking Moses to cover his face. But Paul is explaining here that, look, that gesture then that Moses agreed to resulted in spiritual, okay, covering, spiritual blindness, if you want to say it says that, look, to this day, eh, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil, that veil that Moses used to cover his face, but now, of course, it's not physical anymore. It's spiritual. That same veil covers their mind so that they can't understand the truth. This veil can only be removed only by believing in Christ. Okay? So you see people holding on to, to the law. No, God gave us this law. And they are right. However, Christ already fulfilled the law. Okay? Paul is also saying that, look, that veil can only be removed. The veil remains still today. When you are reading the Old Testament, it looks like it is glorious. It looks like it is a set of law to be obeyed. Thou shalt not do this. 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 Very wonderful. But that is not how we receive righteousness. Our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. 15 says, yes, even today when, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. Till today, when people read the Old Testament, they do not understand. Eh? It has ended. Christ already fulfilled the whole testament 16 but whenever someone turns to the lord the veil is taken away for the lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the lord is there is freedom the lord is the spirit and that's why the god gave us the holy spirit okay so because of this deposit of the holy spirit inside us that veil is taken away that is the reason why those who put their trust, who have totally put all of their trust in Christ Jesus, find, just find that their trust and their reliance is, in, is on grace and not the law. Because the Spirit is the one who takes away that veil. It says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. As we look at this glory 
as the Holy Spirit helps us every day. Our own transformation is gradual. We are changed from glory to glory. Okay? So, eventually, the Bible says that when we will stand and appear before Christ, we will be like him. Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, Paul talks about treasures in in etin vessels or fragile clay jars, like the New Living Translation puts it. It says, therefore, since God... Since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We have a new way. We never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Did you hear that? If the good news is hidden, it is hidden to those who are perishing. Uh, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, Paul says here that Satan is the God of this world. Remember that Paul is writing after Jesus rose again from the dead. So if Jesus says all power in heaven and on earth has been given to him, how is Satan still the God of this world? Satan is still the God of this world. However, he is operating on borrowed time. Until the lease of man ends, Satan will still have some power in this world. Okay? But you see, in Christ, in Christ, okay? Satan does not have that power over us. He cannot blind us. Yes, he is the God of this world and um, he blinds the minds of those who do not believe. But we have believed in Christ and I'm sure you have believed. You are listening to me this morning. You have believed in Christ. Okay, and so you can recognize the good news when you you, you hear it. You are able to understand uh, this message that we are sharing this morning. Verse 5 says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servant for Jesus' sake. Okay? We preach that Jesus is Lord. Anyone, John will tell us eventually, anyone that can declare that Jesus is their Lord, eh, is born of God. Jesus is my Lord. I don't know whether he is your Lord. Hallelujah. 6 says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory, the glory of God that is seen in the face, the face of the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of God is reflected through Jesus Christ. You want to see the glory of God? Just take a look at Jesus. That is where you will get his glory. Jesus says, You want to see the Father? You will need to come through me. Seven, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like a fragile clay jars containing these great treasures. This makes it, makes it clear that our, our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And that is important. You will understand that in doing New Testament, we are fragile clay jars. 
in doing the new covenant okay our glory does not come from obeying the law and doing this and doing that and that shall not do it no it comes from lives that are totally surrendered to jesus you know what that will do it makes it clear that our power this power that you are seeing in us does not come from us it comes from god it says we paul says that we are pressed on every side by trouble but we are not crushed we are perplexed but not driven to despair we are hunted down but never abandoned by god we get knocked down but we are not destroyed through suffering our bodies continue to share in the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be seen in our bodies paul is telling us that the troubles he went through they are nothing he says look they could have been they could have been attacked they were attacked they were they were hard pressed paul was beaten once once he was almost beaten to death to death he was shipwrecked and all manner of things <laughs> paul would tell would tell us that look these things are but tiny eh? when we compare them to the glory that god will will reveal in us he says we are pressed on every side by trouble but we are not crushed Eh? There's a difference between pressed and being crushed. We will not be crushed. We are perplexed. So, eh? There are times when we are down and we, are, we, feel, we feel that, oh, everything is not working fine. However, uh, we, will not, we will not be in despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned. Why? Because we know we have God. God's promise with us and his promise that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We, we get knocked down. Yes, yes, we get knocked down. We still make mistakes once in a while, but we cannot be destroyed. <laughs> we are God's temple. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be, be seen in our bodies. 11. Yes, we live under constant danger of death uh, because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God. So I spoke. Psalm 116. We know that God will raise the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus we all we also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with him. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's glory reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Hallelujah. God raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. We that put our trust in Christ, God will also raise us up from the dead. You will not, your, your destination is not the grave. It's not hell. Your destination is to be with Christ forever. Hallelujah. God and God will receive more and more glory. 16. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirit, our spirits are being renewed every day. Since for our present troubles are small. Did you see that? <laughs> they are tiny and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So, my encouragement this morning. Listen. Eh? I know that you are going through stuff. But Paul says, look, our present troubles are small. They are small eh, when they are compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. 
we are a, bit, a little bit like Jesus Christ. Remember, the Bible says, for because of the joy that was set before Jesus, Jesus endured the cross. Okay, when he was taking every step, when he was being beaten, even when he was carrying that cross, wearing that crown of, you know, that crown of thorns on his head. And the Bible says that his form, we could all not look like at because it was deformed. What was encouraging him to continue to take each step? It was because of that glory that was ahead, that children of God will now uh, come, be able to come to the Father. You must that is the same thing that must that must happen to you this morning there is a glory that will be revealed in us okay paul says you see this small all this wala they are tiny they are small when they are compared to the glory that will be revealed in us so i want you to put your hope in that glory that jesus will reveal in you okay don't allow your situation to overwhelm you it says, yet, even though this situation is great, listen, Paul says, yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. He says, so, 18, he says, so, we don't look at the troubles we, we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Ah, I pray you. On that day when you stand before God, ah, it will be welcome on thou faithful servant. Yes, that will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not be in despair. You will not give up on Christ. You will make it to the very end in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's read chapter 5 new bodies paul says for we know that when this earthly tense we live in is taken down that is when we die and leave this earthly body uh, we will have a house in heaven an eternal an eternal body made for us by god himself and not by human hands we grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing for we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. I say again, when you die, eh? when you die, so I, I can tell you what will happen to the believer. You will open your eyes, okay? And then you will go on to, in, to, uh, to stand before God and receive your judgment immediately, Okay? And so, on that day when Jesus comes, you will come with your spirit body. Yes. It says we, we, are, we will not be spirits without body. Yes. Because there is a body that God promised to give us. That body we will receive. You won't receive that body yet. Okay? You won't receive that body until Jesus Christ comes back. Until Jesus Christ comes back again. Okay? At the last trumpet, when the trumpet will sound... Okay, the Bible says our bodies, we will receive our spiritual bodies. Okay, so when you die today, you will go, you will receive your judgment with God. Okay, very important. And of course, you will be with the saints, uh, being with them there in heaven, and you will come back with Jesus at the end for those of us who pass this on. And so there is no, there you now you realize that there is, it's, there's not so much loss, okay, for those who pass on, okay, 
for those of us who are alive yes it will be even more glorious because we will not die at all our bodies will just be changed okay so what's what great privilege so paul is telling us okay so even though we grow weary in our present body and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing for we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. God will give us a new body. Since while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sign. But it's not that we want to want to die and get rid of this body that uh, that these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God Himself has prepared us for this, and uh, and. As a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. <laughs> so Paul was telling them, which one is better for me? Is it to die or to live? Anyway, for you guys, it's better for me to live, right? <laughs> because we still have assignment. Our assignment on earth can only be done with these physical bodies. Say so we are always we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. We are we have not died yet, as long as we are living in these bodies. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Okay? We live by faith and not by sight. We live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away for, from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at we will be at home with the Lord. So listen, my pastor once shared with us and said, "Look, when you encounter someone who has ever passed on, okay, maybe God gives them a second chance, and or maybe for those who have had a taste of the heavenly glory before." Someone once said, someone once shared with me, one of my leaders shared with me, you know, a very senior friend, a senior uncle, you know, who passed on, you know, and how did it happen? He said he heard the music, the music from the throne room of heaven. You know, he said he was, he had, he was in a dream when he was, he, he had, he had that dream. He saw his father and he was following his father in the dream and saw music, this music wonderful music was coming from somewhere so he was following the father and the father said no you have to go back you have to go back he said no i want i want to listen to this music he said no you have to go back and then he woke up i'm telling you it was just a few days time he died eh listen there is the glory that is there if you have tasted it you will not want to live on this earth that's what paul is saying yes we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be home with the Lord. So when we are crying, we should cry with sense when somebody passes on. Eh? They, especially when they are believers, they have gone on to it to by far greater glory. Hallelujah. So nine says, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve. For the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. When you die, you will go and stand before God, before Christ, and, be, and you will be judged. But your judgment will be discharged and acquitted because you have Christ. For those who don't have Christ, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, then the books were opened before the white throne judgment. That is when their own judgment will happen. 
So separate judgments, okay? So we are not taking the book of Revelations today. Now, Paul talks about the fact that we are ambassadors. He says, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Paul says, I have an assignment to do as long as I'm on this earth. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us, so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to her our old lives. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. For those of us who receive Jesus, we realize that we can no longer live for ourselves. Let's, let's run because of time. They can no longer live for themselves. Instead, they, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The whole life is gone and a new life has begun. Hallelujah. And all of this is a gift from God. It's a gift. This new life is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Hallelujah. So you see, our message is simple, okay? God is appealing to the world. That is the gospel. That is what we should go and share. God is telling them, and eh, come back. There is a way back to the Father. He said, for God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. You don't need to die in your sin. God wants to save you. Come to Christ today, and the Lord will save you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I was blessed by that. Father, we say thank you this morning. We just go ahead and thank the Lord. Thank you this morning. Thank you because in Christ, Lord, you have redeemed us to yourself. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.